I'm Rachel Hernandez, real estate investor turned mobile home investor and best-selling author. I make a living investing in mobile homes for cash flow for long-term passive income. After many mistakes and lessons learned, I've been able to create the kind of life where I can do the types of things I want to do, not have to do. I created the Adventures in Mobile Homes podcast to share with you what I've learned so you can spend more time with family, friends, and do things you love. Mobile home investing can help you get there. If you want to hear real stories with practical and actionable advice you can use from someone who's been in the trenches and who's still investing today to create the type of life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Adventures of Mobile Homes podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Hernandez, aka Mobile Home Girl of AdventuresofMobileHomes.com. Thank you so much for joining me here on the 72nd episode of the podcast. Now, just in case you missed it, be sure to check out the last episode where I talk about my plans for the podcast this year and projects I've been working on behind the scenes. You can check it out at www.adventuresofmobilehomes.com slash 71. So today, I'm going to share with you another guest interview with my very first guest on the show, and that is with my good author and real estate investor friend, Seth, who goes by the pen name E.B. Farmer, where we continue our conversation and talk about all things land investing and mobile homes. Now, just to give you a recap, I'll read his bio to you here. For most of his adult life, E.B. Farmer has made his living by buying, improving, dividing, and flipping tracts of rural acreage. Now he enjoys sharing some of the knowledge and experience which he has gained over the years. His series of books, entitled The Land Flipper, present an overview of the business from multiple angles. He also has a course with the same name and mentors budding flippers on the side as a way to foster a community of like-minded investors. Plus, he just came out with a new book titled 1,000 Deals, My Life as a Land Flipper, which we'll talk more about in the interview. So. That's a little bit about Seth, a.k.a. E.B. Farmer. Now, one of the new things I'm doing this year is to do more interviews with folks who can help you grow and expand your mobile home investing business. Now, if you've been a listener of the show, you know that I started out more of a solo podcast with me teaching you about the ins and outs of mobile home investing based on my experience as a successful mobile home investor. But now that I'm in 70 plus episodes of the podcast, I think it's time to expand the show to share with you the experiences and the lessons learned of others, which is why I'm starting to do more guest interviews on the podcast for this upcoming year. So stay tuned for that. Now, getting back to things, today we're going to catch up with Seth and continue our conversation about all things land investing. And just in case you missed it, I did interview Seth back on episode 50, Land Investing and Mobile Homes, if you want to catch the earlier interview where he talks more about his background and how he got started in this niche. Now, 
In this interview, we talk about what Seth has been up to lately with his own land investing business. We go over how you can integrate mobile homes with the land business, including how he's done it over the years with his own family business. And he also answers some questions that I've gotten from listeners about starting out in this niche and how to do it with smaller deals and if funds are limited. Plus, we go over the changing market and talk about what he sees happening now versus what may happen in the future and the upcoming opportunities to invest in land based on what we see going on in the market today. Again, Seth is the author of several books on the subject, and he even has a course on land investing, which we'll get into in the interview. Personally, I've reviewed one of his books as well as a course which I've taken myself, which I'll link up here in the show notes. So are you ready? Here goes. Hi, y'all. This is Rachel Hernandez, a.k.a. Mobile Home Girl of the Adventures of Mobile Homes podcast. Today, I have a very special guest for y'all. He's actually the first ever guest uh, interview on our show. My good friend, my good real estate investor and author friend, Seth, who goes by the pen name E.B. Farmer. If you missed the episode that we did with him, he's actually the first guest. He's already been on the show. It's episode 50 of the the podcast where we talk about all things land investing and mobile homes. And today I wanted to invite Seth back on the show to talk about and continue our conversation about land investing and mobile homes and to give us an update on what he's been up to. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Seth. Hey, Rachel. Thanks for having me back. It's been a while, but I see we've come full circle. So that's nice. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You came on episode 50 of the show. We talked about um, your background about land investing and mobile homes. And then also episode 51 of the podcast, I did a full on course review, a video commentary about your course. Y'all can check it out. I will put the link here in the show notes to that as well, too. But I also reviewed Seth's book um, as well, too, about about land investing. And we'll talk more about his books and his courses um, in the interview. But Seth, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I just kind of wanted to, um, you know, just put it out there and see what you've been up to lately um, with all things land and mobile homes. Sure. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, we do a lot of uh, base hits, you know, we used to go for the home runs, but these days we do six or seven sort of smaller deals a year, typically between 20 to 40 acres, although I've done some that were up to 100 recently. Oh, wow. 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 And that was yeah. recent? Oh, wow. Yeah, That's recently. But, but we sell bigger parcels. So even on 100 acres, you know, we might sell 25s or something like that. Right. Um, okay. Great. So, so that's what we basically do. We do a lot of mobile home. Uh, our buyers typically tend to be end users who are putting down mobile homes or small houses. So it kind of intersects with what you teach. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. 
Great, great, great to hear, Seth. Now, let me ask you this, Seth. You know, I'm going to be doing a market update real soon, a video commentary. I try to do it quarterly, every quarter, um, about the market and about the manufactured home industry as I see it. You know, I'm in Texas here, but I kind of wanted to see what what you're seeing in the market in terms of land and then mobile homes in terms of, you know, know, the supply, demand, financing, all that. What are you seeing right now? So, I mean, it's it's no surprise to anyone, but the last two or three years have been really crazy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a sociologist, but I, there has definitely been, at least in my area, a, a sort of exodus from the city urban life for a lot of people. Uh, yes. And they've been seeking, you know, five to 10 acres in the country. They typically want to be, you know, like an hour away from a major airport on an interstate corridor. And that that is just uh, experienced demand in the last couple of years that I've never seen before. And it continues to do so. I feel like it uh, it slows down a little bit this time of year as the kids are going back to school and as you have heat waves and hurricanes down here in the South. Uh, but, but more or less, it's continued to be pretty strong. Financing, of course, affects things. Uh, but I do a lot of owner financing and things like that. So that helps grease the wheels, if you will. Um so just plugging along strong. Yeah, there's been, a, like I said, a surge in the last couple of years that seems to be sort of returning to normalcy now. Um, okay, sounds good. They, thanks for your, um, you know, perspective on that. I, I want to say, you know, with the pandemic, things kind of changed where a lot more people nowadays versus, you know, back then are working from home. Um, I mean, do you see a lot of that too, um, you know, absolutely. in the industry, you know, um, because I think a lot of companies, you know, they're just continuing that. Um, it's less overhead on their part. Um, what I'm seeing right now, commercial real estate's really taken a tumble. I mean, there's a lot of empties, um, you know, in terms of uh, commercial real estate. And um, I I just, uh, with the financing on that end as well, too, with the financing not going down in terms of interest rates, Mm -hmm. um, I see a surge. Actually, I see that there's actually becoming more of a supply of empties in commercial real estate. So I would think that would affect, you know, businesses and if they even want to invest in more office space for their employees, you know. Right. And I think it's hurting some banks too. Yeah. Or so I've heard. It's not it's not really my area, but I've yeah. heard a lot of bankers bemoaning it lately, you know, how they have 50% occupancy, you know, and things like that. So Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that can only be a good thing about residential. That's what I kind of love about residential. No matter what the market is, there's always going to be a need for it Mm -hmm. um, because people still need a place to live. But I wanted to kind of talk about, so we talked about the market. I wanted to kind of talk about, you have a course because I have a lot of consulting students, uh, coaching students who've asked about your course in terms of investing in land, but they are interested in investing on a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of talk more about that and how your course can help people who are looking more, not maybe, you know, 50 or 100 acres, but less than that, maybe like five or 10 acres or less, um, you know, or even an acre or two, how they they can um, take that and just use, you know, what you teach in, in terms of doing that. Absolutely. Um, this can certainly be done on five acres or less. I think the Best starting point for people who are in that position would be to research and learn the local ordinances governing subdivision in their area. Generally, it's county-based. It's it's 
um, listed on a county level. There'll be a you know planning commission and things like that that you have to sort of navigate. So learning what that is, uh, generally they'll have a few you know basic rules that you have to follow if you're doing uh, what's called a mini partition. Often, which is like when you're trying to kind of go under the radar a little bit uh, by doing just a few splits instead of doing. You know, if you do 100 splits, then you have things like traffic impact studies and wetlands delineations. But if you're just doing a couple, a lot of places, particularly places that are a county or two away from the suburbs, uh, you find that they are highly favorable for small developments. And they'll have really easy rules. A lot of times they will have almost no rules or very minimalistic rules, which is exactly what you want to get started. And then you just want to find uh, the right piece. The right piece is going to be something that's uh, got good road frontage typically. That means you don't have to build any kind of access or anything like that. It's just already there. You want good access to utilities, particularly as you mentioned, working from home people, you know, they demand high speed internet. Uh, so that's an important, been a more important consideration than it used to be for, for sure over the past couple of years. And topography is also important. You know, you want your mobile home to be up on a hill rather than in a valley. Uh, for obvious reasons. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so things like that, you know, um, you can really, I mean, I've, I've done subdivisions as small as five acres, you know, where I've split it into three, you know, acre and a half pieces or whatever. Um, right. And, and sold those for the economy of scale really works in your favor because uh, the, the more acres you can buy, generally the cheaper per acre you can get it. Mm-hmm. And then the, you know, selling one acre, you might get twice as much. Right, exactly. Especially if it's a nice lot with good utilities and good topography and things like that. So that's okay. kind of how, how I would recommend people start. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Thanks for um, going over that. And, you know, by the way, y'all, um, I did actually take the course myself. So I did review the course. And anyone listening to this, there is a special discount. I'll put the link here to the review and all that if you are interested in the course. So Seth, I wanted to talk about, you know, people do want to do it on a smaller scale with people who don't have, you know, that much funds to start off with. Maybe they don't have six figures to start off with right now to buy a piece of land, you know, um, what, what, what do you have, you know, what, in terms of advice, in terms of, you know, how they would be able to fund those deals, um, if they don't have that much, you know, looking at a smaller piece of land, I guess. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just like a video game, you know, you, you're playing on easy mode if you have some money in the bank and the difficulty scales up dramatically as you have less and less money in the bank. But the, the, there are deals out there that can be done for $20,000, sometimes less. If you're finding that the properties you're looking at are just so astronomically out of your price range, typically your problem is that you're too close to the city. Oh, so, gotcha. you know, okay. re- reach a little further. And then if you're still overpriced, reach a little further. And eventually you'll find a sort of Goldilocks zone where it's just, you know, within what you may be. I mean, you're still going to need some funds. Uh, of course, we can also talk about, you know, finding networks of other investors and things like that, which is something a lot of people do. You mentioned wholesaling, uh, finding a great deal. I I don't really wholesale so much, but I certainly, um, I certainly would advise people that if you can find a diamond, you you probably can find someone (laughs) to dig it out for you. Right. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, right. Finding the diamond is the hard part. And, uh, once, if you have it and you can present it in such a way to the right people, then funding is typically not a huge issue. So my advice would be to become 
uh, an expert in the thing and in the rural acreage and how it works and then be able to convince someone else with money that you're the expert and uh, through that, through such a way you can, you know, get funding. Of course, banks will also offer funding. They have higher interest rates these days, but I typically on my deals, I'm doubling my profit or, or doubling my investment. Mm-hmm. So a 7% interest rate, I mean, it doesn't really kill the deal for me. Um, you know, if I'm only holding it for six months and it's a 7% APR, you know, on a hundred thousand dollars, it's, it's, and I'm making a hundred grand, it's like, you know, 3% of the deal is lost to interest or whatever, something like that. So right, right. I don't even, th- I don't even think about it, uh, typically. Okay. But, uh, you know, that's, you have to be pretty confident to be able to, um, take, take risks like that. But I think that if you're a flipper and you're, you're aggressive, then, the interest rate that you're buying something at is not is maybe not as important as you as you might think unless you're like a long term hold hold invest type type person. So exactly, exactly. I mean, can you talk about owner finance deals? I mean, are they out there even in this market? I mean, you talked about if you're cl- too close into the city, you may want to look back, at, you know, further out. Um, what what's been your experience in terms of owner finance deals in this market? So as far as buying owner finance, yeah, uh, uh-huh. yeah, I used to, I used to find, uh, around, it really, in a slow market, then it's often easy to sort of talk people into it. Right. Uh, in the last couple of years, really, the market hasn't been slow enough. I think people can just kind of wait for cash. Right. Right. Um, but it's still like, it's another one of those things where if you can get people to believe in you and trust in you enough through through expertise or knowledge then sometimes you can sweet talk them into it you know particularly if it's uh an area a little further out or it's a slow market where they're they're having trouble getting their cash price mm-hmm. and uh you know you can also you can pay a high a higher interest rate and not like we were just talking about um which is attractive to some sellers hey there rachel here have you enjoyed the show and podcast so far Has it helped you with your own mobile home investing journey? And have you received value from it? If yes, then consider supporting the show. So, how can you show your support? Well, there's a couple of things that you can do. The first thing you can do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere else the podcast can be heard. Go to www.adventuresinmobilehomes.com slash podcast to see the sites and links where you can leave a review on. I'll be ever so grateful if you do. And you may even get a shout out and your review read right on the show just for doing it. Another thing you can do is support the show and buy me a coffee. If you know me, you know how much I love coffee. If you've gotten a lot of good information out of the podcast and it has helped you as a mobile home investor, I'd love your support. Now, in the future, I'll be giving shout outs to those who support me. So if you do, that may be you. Go to www.adventuresinmobilehomes.com slash support. 
for more information on how you can show your support. Again, www.adventuresofmobilehomes.com support. And if you want to take it a step further and receive exclusive only content, consider being a member. On the support page there, you'll find info about how you can view exclusive content, including access to new videos and blog posts, a shout out in a future episode for your support, access to video replays on my past speaking engagements, if you haven't seen me speak yet, and more. Check out www.adventuresofmobilehomes.com slash support to find out more. Thanks so much for continuing to listen to the podcast and for your support. Now, back to the show. Exactly. And a lot of times, I mean, this is in my experience, it's not always about price. It's about the seller finding someone comfortable enough Mm -hmm. to work with. I mean, I went on vacation, you know, a couple months ago and I missed a couple deals and I talked to the sellers and they're like, yeah, you know, they just decided to set because I wasn't in town to to put the deals together. You know, I just kind of sold it from to this family, you know, who was who already had family members living in, you know, Mm -hmm. this community, you know. Know, and they just kind of, you know, they didn't ask, you know, for some crazy amount. You know, a lot of times it's just being there at the right place at the right time, but also having them feel comfortable sure. working with you as yeah. well. Yeah, and I, I always did a lot of what I teach is based on like being local and hands on and right. boots, boots on the ground, uh, which, you know, is a really powerful way to get your foot in the door in some of these situations. You know, it, it's uh, a, a lot of people, people think that markets are these hyper efficient spreadsheets you know where it's like oh everything happens based on some kind of mathematical algorithm i think the internet has trained people to think like that yeah yeah but in reality Mm -hmm. it's not like that it's like oh i was driving down this dirt road and i saw somebody's fisbo sign and (laughs) exactly uh, you know he happened to go to my church or whatever and then you know we brokered the deal that way that kind of stuff happens to me all the time and that's you know Something that I think is lost on a, a lot of folks who are who are doing the whole mail out game and stuff like that. So it's a, a different yeah. niche. It's a different niche. I appreciate that they're just different niches. But sort of what I teach is more like the hands on. Right. Well, sellers are getting really smart because when I call a seller now, the first question I always get, Seth, hands down is, are you local? Mm -hmm. And I said, yes. I'm like, I mean, are you local? Like, can I meet you today? Yes. (laughs) Because I guess nowadays there's even, even with the phone numbers, you know, with the way the technology is, they get a local number, but it's someone in a different state. Sure just trying to get leads, you know, right. who may sell those leads to someone else, then they're not really, you know, able Absolutely. to with them. And, so, and I know that that works too. The mail out thing works too. I've seen right. many people do it successfully, but it's just a, it's a different niche from, from what I do and what you do. So Exactly. Exactly. I think we have kind of similar philosophies being local to our areas. So that's a good thing. Well, that's good. That's good to know. That's definitely good to know um, in terms of, you know, what you see in terms of owner financing. I mean, the other thing that people can do, I always tell people, you know, you could always like try to partner up with someone, but then you got to 
you know, pick the right partner, Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know? So, um, I don't know if you did, cause I know it's, you know, within your, your own family, have you, have you ever done any of that? Have you done partnerships with anyone outside the family, yeah, um, we other have. investors and so putting since, those deals since, together? Since writing the books and stuff, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to, meet a lot of other people who are in the same business and I have mm-hmm. to say like I don't make that much money from the books or the course but right. just putting putting them out there into the universe has really returned good karma because I met you know so many people who are interested in the same things or were already doing the same things or had different ways of doing the same things and it's sort of uh you know it was like a like a beacon out <laughs> sent out into the world that has definitely produced some some really great partnerships stuff over time so okay okay do you have any advice for anyone who may be looking for a partner um based on your experience like how to choose a partner stuff like that i, I would say that if if you can you get the expertise first mm-hmm. I, I mean i always like beat this drum but you know if i if i was a guy with a bunch of money and i was looking to get into like I don't know, say, say I was going to, uh, invest a bunch of money in ceramics, you know, I would want to sort of filter through a lot of people and find the person who obviously was a complete expert in ceramics, right? I would want the person who just displayed uh, amazing knowledge and had a lot of experience with and knew what they were talking about when it came to ceramics. So if you can do that, if you can become an expert in, in the niche that you're hoping to find investors in, you know, I would think it would be really easy. You just have to convince people that you know what you're talking about. And uh, I mean, after that, I'm, <laughs> I'm not the person to tell you how to network because I'm just not very good at it. Right, right. Okay. But I've heard, you know, things like Rotary Clubs and uh, Investors Clubs and especially with the internet now. I mean, um, you can probably tell them better than I can, Rachel, but there's, <laughs> there's lots, lots of ways, lots of groups exist. Yeah, yeah. And I would say don't go too crazy with the groups because, um, you know, in the end, uh, locals, to me, and I I know Seth has the same philosophy, Mm -hmm. um, I I advise people local is the way to go. That's just Mm my, you know personal preference. Sure. So um, we kind of touched base because I'm doing a lot more wholesaling now, actually, Seth, okay. um, with, I, you know, I'm working with these sellers to help them sell their homes and stuff like that. And I've had some people ask about, you know, can, can you do this, you know, with the land? I mean, you can wholesale anything. <laughs> it doesn't have to be real yeah. estate. Right. You know, um, because what I've been getting when I've been running across is a lot of dealerships asking me, like, do you know any owners of land? And I do. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of when are you going to sell? Right. <laughs> you know, I know sure. park owners and a lot of times park owners, they know other park owners and then they know other landowners and they could have some lots somewhere else, you know. And it could be in the family, you know, like your your family as well, too. But it's just a matter of, oh, I'm not ready right now. Uh-huh. Um, so um, I'm getting a lot of that with the dealerships. They're like, our problem is, you know, just trying to find the land. Right. And I think we had talked about you, you and your family have worked with dealerships in the past. Absolutely. Um, providing the land for their customers, right? Absolutely. I do a lot of that. Uh, okay. You know, there's there's the just like there's like a row of car dealerships in a lot of medium sized towns, there's a row of mobile home dealerships. And, you know, if you go in there enough times and you give them flyers or whatever, uh, email packages to them about what you have and say, you know, um, 
I pay spiffs to people who send me, you know, buyers who end up purchasing. Maybe don't use the word spiff. It's there's you might consult a lawyer about the laws and the language. Okay, yes. Yeah, just go ahead. Just go ahead and say kickback. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, you know, they do that themselves. I mean, seriously, you go into any dealership. Seriously, they do it themselves. Well, I mean, they deserve to be. (laughs) If someone's if someone brings me a a customer who's going to buy a thirty thousand dollar piece of real estate from me, that's very valuable to me. You know, I have no problem paying that person. Right. Uh, I run into this issue a lot with real estate agents. You know, all, real estate agents are always wanting me to give them listings. And I don't mm. like, I, I don't like listing. It, what I want is for you to go ahead and sell the land and then I'll pay you. <laughs> you know? Right. I don't, I don't want to marry you. I just want you to, you know. Yeah. Bring- that's so, that's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same kind of principle. Like, I, you know, it, it takes a little bit of establishing trust. But once you pay right. them a few, a few times and then they they direct people straight to you, then it's very powerful. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's good. So anyone out, you know, out there, you know, can I wholesale land? You can. And I I, I think Seth's course gives a really good overview of the land business. And then he works specifically in the manufactured housing industry business with his family. So, I mean, I think it's a pretty good course overall. If anyone has any questions, uh, let me know. But I did cover it in my, you know, video commentary and then also my review of the course. And and so, Seth, um, I know you have a couple books out there. Can you kind of talk about some of the books? I did review one. I think it was the original, The Land mm-hmm. Flipper with, you know, the the whole formula and all that, that book. Sure. Um, can you go over your books and tell everyone, you know, uh, more about them, what they can learn from them? Sure. Yeah. So um, this business for me is it's always been a family business and it's always been a uh, a business of very intense, busy seasons, and then sort of lax off seasons. We just had one here where we had heat wave of, you know, 113 heat index days for a month and no rain. And so, you know, there's not much, much you can do as far as the land business when it's like that. The buyers are not calling and, you know, I'm not going to go scout a, a big piece of property and almost get heat stroke. So, <laughs> Definitely so, not. <laughs> so what we do, what we do during those times, um, you know, I, I um have always been interested in in writing, and my father's also interested in writing. So uh, maybe seven or eight years ago, we were like, "Well, why don't we write a book about uh, our business?" So we wrote uh, the Land Flipper, which was just like a comprehensive bird's eye overview of how we make a living and how we how we've always made a living. And there was a very good response from people, and uh, everyone liked it. And they said, "You know, it's 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 a lot less dry than a lot of the business books." we've been reading and it's, it's more anecdotal and kind of uh, filled with stories and things like that. And so we're like, man, maybe we're onto something here. It's kind of like a, it's almost like another genre. It's like a narrative, a narrative business book. You know, I don't run into too many of those. So since then we wrote one about owner financing, how we wrap notes and stuff like that. We wrote one about the timber business, how you can buy and sell timber and, and logs and things like that. We wrote run one about building roads. And then we just recently released one, which is like, it's basically like an autobiography of, of my dad who started basically from nothing and has spent the last oh, I don't, almost 50 years as as a land flipper so it's like a rags to riches kind of story where he tells tells a lot of his uh you know war stories from the old days and stuff like that it's called a thousand deals my life as a land flipper and we wrote it together but it's really his stories so um 
I think I think I've of course heard the story since I was a little kid a hundred times, but they're very good stories if they're if you're hearing them for the first time. So I would highly recommend it. Good stuff. Well, I actually read um, the Land Flipper. I still have to do the audio book on the roads. Mm-hmm. I think um, I've got that as well too in my library. And for anyone listening, I think all of the books except the one that just came out, they're still available for anyone who takes the course, right? Yeah, the all the books. All the books are available if you take the course, along with the hour. An hour phone consultation with me if you want to talk about your specific deal after you've done the course. Um, it kind of comes with that. Yeah, it's a great course, y'all. So if anyone is interested in the land investing business, check out my video commentary, check out my review, um, check out episode 50 of the podcast, Land Investing and Mobile Homes, and episode 51, where I go over the course in detail. And Seth, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, can you tell us how people can get a hold of you if they have any questions or they want to read more about your course or more more about you and your books and stuff like that sure sure um i mean you can search amazon for eb farmer or for the land flipper and you'll find all the books if you're interested in the course if you go to landflippers.com you can see like a video that outlines it and if you want to just have a casual uh chat with me you can email me at the landflipper at gmail.com and uh, it, it takes me a little while to respond i get a lot of messages these days but I i try to respond to everyone if i can Sounds good, Seth. Thank you so much for coming on the show. For anyone listening, if you are really interested in the course, definitely check out my review because there's a special discount for all listeners of the podcast. Thank you so much, Seth, for that. And is there any last words of advice, wisdom you have for anyone looking to get into the land investing business or even, you know, general real estate or mobile homes? Well, I would say that... At first, it really pays to be hands-on. Once you have more money than you have time, then you can get the PA and uh, get the software to do everything for you and, and hire this person and hire that person and, and have a real estate agent sell the property. But when you're getting started, it really pays to have your you know your fingernails dirty and <laughs> figuring the stuff out sort of on a first-person basis. And that's just what the course is all about. So that's kind of what I preach. Yes, y'all, it's nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts. And that's kind of what I preach, Um, you know, being in mobile home industry, I've done it all. (laughs) You know, we've all done it all, gotten our hands dirty, but that's kind of how you learn. And then, you know, with experience, then you can always hire out some of the things that you don't want to do. Yeah, the best best manager at the restaurant is the person who's been a waiter and a busboy and a chef and all that kind of stuff. They're the best, they they make the best, uh, you know, person to run to run the whole ship so i've always believed in that exactly yeah it's funny because i had mentioned i'm doing wholesaling now and that's kind of how i got into real estate i was a sure. bird dog and a wholesaler in single right. family then i became buy and hold and now i'm back to wholesaling <laughs> so mobile homes so you gotta be adaptable when you're in this business you gotta do, yeah yeah Exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Seth, and maybe we'll have you on again, um, you know, um, with another, you know, update in the future. I will always remember you (laughs) as the first interview. Yeah, I'll be back anytime you invite me. Thanks so much for congratulations on your success. Thank you so much, Seth. Have a good one. You too. So there you have it. My guest interview with an update with my author and real estate investor friend, Seth, who goes by the pen name E.B. Farmer. So, what did you think? 
Did you learn a lot from the interview? I hope so. Now, as mentioned, I did review one of Seth's books, which is his main one, The Land Flipper, Turning Dirt into Dollars. And this is a great read if you're interested in the subject. And as promised, I'll link up my review about the book right here in the show notes. Also, I took and reviewed Seth's course on land investing. And if you're also interested in getting more in depth on that subject, I'll also link up my review on the course right here in the show notes. And as a special added bonus, there's a special discount just for listeners of this podcast, meaning you, right in the review if you want to take the course. And lastly, as a special added bonus, I did do a special video review of Seth's course, which I covered in episode 51 of the podcast, Course Review, Land Investing and Mobile Homes, where I reviewed his Land Flippers course. And in the episode, I talk about the course and what I found valuable out of it personally and how I'm applying it to my own research into land investing with mobile homes. You can check out that episode at www.adventuresofmobilehomes.com slash 51. Plus, be sure to check out Seth's new book titled 1,000 Deals, My Life as a Land Flipper if you want to hear more stories about his and his family's experiences investing in land. Now, personally... I'm excited to pick it up and read it myself. And as of this recording, I'm working on my next market update with my insight on the mobile home industry as a whole. Now, I haven't done the video yet, but it will be coming out soon. And if you're interested, check out my last video market update, which I did in May of this year. I'll link it up here in the show notes if you'd like to check it out. And if you're a member of my support page, you do have access to this market update if you haven't seen it yet. And watch out for my next one, which will be coming out very soon. And if you're not yet a member of the support page, definitely sign up if you want to hear my thoughts on camera about the market and the mobile home industry as a whole, including all things mobile home investing. Now, this video market update is just one of the perks of becoming a member of my support page. And as a member, you'll get exclusive access to videos like this on different topics around mobile home investing and access to detailed posts where I go into more detail about specific topics within mobile home investing that you won't find anywhere else. I'm telling you, this is exclusive content and behind the scenes footage of my own mobile home investing business. Plus, you also get discounts to special events, and here's the kicker, discounts to my existing courses and classes, including a special extra discount to my Dodd-Frank and SafeAct course, especially for mobile home investors, just for members of my support page. So you definitely don't want to miss out on the special deal. So if you're interested, go to www.adventuresofmobilehomes.com slash support for more information on how you can support me and become a member, including all the perks you'll get that I just mentioned. Again, www.adventuresofmobilehomes.com slash support. And if you'd like to get the show notes and links to this episode, go to www 
www.adventuresofmobilehomes.com slash 72. Again, www.adventuresofmobilehomes.com slash 72. Well, that's about it for now. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my guest interview with Seth, who goes by the pen name E.B. Farmer, on the show. And I'll be having more of these guest interviews in the future, every now and then, so stay tuned. And if you've enjoyed the podcast so far, please be sure to share it with family and friends. And be sure to follow me and subscribe. And if you have some time, please write a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser if you've enjoyed the podcast. It really helps me to keep motivated and come up with more content to help you become a better mobile home investor. That's about it for now. Until next time, this is Rachel Hernandez, aka Mobile Home Girl of the Adventures of Mobile Homes podcast, signing off. Thanks for tuning in.